Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. In the industry, his background focuses on the music business and marketing. Um, but with 20 plus years of experience in the industry, he has become well-versed and educated on the different dynamics that exist within the culture. So I can't wait to like dive into this, man. So everybody, please give a warm welcome to none. Ella, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I will admit that, uh, I was not anticipating on being here for this interview. So I have taken a crash course, um, in, in your music, like, just very recently so i'm glad uh, you i'm glad you're here like you know what i'm saying like i said i love good convo good energy yeah. man uh, i'm glad you can make it yeah yeah absolutely and thank you for uh coming on the show we love being able to talk music with uh with anybody and just there everybody's got different experiences everybody has different uh emotions and different uh things that they connect with um and it's really cool to like just you know, pick people's brains and just kind of see what they think about certain things. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to do this today. Um, James, do you have anything before we, uh, get started here? I do. So we are in, in, uh, in company with a fellow podcaster, which is Nanila. And he, yeah, he has a podcast called (laughs) Mogul Mind and I love it, dude. Thank Uh, you, man. I listened to, to an episode on on uh, I think it's um your your how to be successful and nobody mm-hmm. takes time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that really really um touching because you're right. I mean, no, nobody wants to take time to to be successful. They are they always want to be handed something nowadays, you know. Yeah, and uh, honestly, what I've noticed is a lot of people never truly set their definition of success. So you know, I'm like. You, you listen to what they teach you in the social media and through different mediums, like for me, it's music and other, you know, I look at a lot of stuff, but that's their success. So, you know, you're going on someone else's scale of success. You'll always feel like you're failing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I I watched something recently and I, I think it might've been uh, Dr. Phil or something, okay. which I have not ever like sat down and watched a Dr. Phil episode in forever, but I happened to catch, uh, a little bit of him talking to a guy who had, you know, was working a job and just on a whim, just like quit his job and moved to, uh, I believe it was Hollywood and was just like trying to make it as a TikTok influencer. Um, and while the motivation I can like appreciate, the guy just went over there with the mindset of like, I'm just going to get discovered somehow without really putting in any effort. And I think it, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into making it, whether uh, that is a, uh, a music uh, field or a career or any other type of career. Like, there, there's determination. There's things that you have to sacrifice to be able to do. It's not just going to be handed to you. And the times that it, it, that it is handed to people and it's just like an overnight success, they're very few and far between. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. You got to work for it. And you see it a lot in the creative outlets. You know, like, I think... I think the biggest 
thing with everybody being able to work independently now, you know, so they're stepping away from the labels, the major TV shows, the silver screen and all outlets of creativity. People don't understand there's still hard work. You know, they think that there's just a self discovery that happens. Like that doesn't happen that way. Like people don't just overnight become famous. It's a lot of, and now with everything you have to pay to get in front of, you know, you got to pay to jump the crowd. You got to pay to cut through the audience. So it's easy to feel like, oh, they just, this guy randomly was in his parking lot and he's saying, and then he got 8 million followers and now he's a millionaire. Man, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you don't do no. that. You don't do that. Uh, okay, so uh, the first question we have for you is, uh, now I like to ask everybody this question because everybody's different and we all know mm-hmm. that. Uh, so what does music music mean to you? Music to me is like a, um, it's a lifeline for me. Yeah. Um Absolutely. The depth of what music is, is just, I think, so overwhelming that most people don't understand when I look at it because music, it taps into one of your five senses. You know, a lot of people can remember a song and where they were when they heard that song, you know, whether whether it's a troubling situation in their past or a glorious moment or, you know, whether they were depressed or certain songs that have certain triggers. So that's one thing. And then there's nothing in this world that many people live, you know, on mute, even people who are hearing impaired, they still feel the base of a lot of things. So I feel like music is a lifeline and um, that can run so deep. So to me, music, um, music has become like an inspiration that just, I feel like it changed lives through it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not just being an artist. I love being an artist. I got so many unreleased songs, but just for what music means to people, alone um and I've, I've had a lot of experiences coming across people from different countries or working with people from different countries sometimes we might not even speak the same language but there's a couple songs that we both have heard and we can relate like you know it's like we can relate at that moment nothing else matters but we're singing these lyrics and to me that's the power of what music can do it brings people together who may not even want to be next to each other or not the same background but a certain song might be something they agree on yeah right and and uh, I I've actually seen it help uh, people with um I think Alzheimer's and dementia because mm-hmm. I was I was watching a, a YouTube video and uh this guy couldn't remember anything to save his life yep. and once he heard music he's like oh my god you know I mean it just yeah. woke it just woke him up you know that's, music that's great music has a lot of healing properties too that's why I said it's a lifeline because literally. I probably can do a podcast on the the benefits of music, you know, because there's so many in depth. It helps from different ailments. I've seen. Um, I was actually at at an event. Uh, we're working the conference space. Um, and I, there was one guy who had a really bad stuttering problem. Mm-hmm. He couldn't talk at all, and he was a speaker. Like he he was well vested in multicultural and everything. The only way he can communicate was through singing. When he sung, he never stuttered. So he was singing his whole presentation. People will laugh, but it's like, oh, he's teaching you because talking regularly, you can see the shyness, you can see the different things. Like he feels uncomfortable in his own. And the moment he sung, it was like, all right, like he can do this. And to me, like, that's the beauty of a lot, you know, like, and then you get greats who um, may be losing a certain gift. I mean, you wouldn't have the Stevie Wonders and and the Ray Charles if you judge them based on the fact that they couldn't see and don't see their gift, you know? So I definitely, there's a lot of benefits of what music can as far as healing trauma and a lot of stuff. It's deep. So since I said that, I I just remember a question that Blake asked asked one of our Mm -hmm. um, other um, 
um, interviews in the past. Mm-hmm. Or he, no, no, no. He asked me. Yes, I'll ask you this the same question. Mm-hmm. If you were in a coma, I hope to God you are never in a coma. <laughs> but if you were, <laughs> and which album or song do you think would bring you back from the coma? Because that's a really powerful question, man. You know, um, and my answer changes like all the time. <laughs> it it potentially would probably be Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. Oh my gosh! Yes. So, okay. <laughs> so I have tattoos that mean stuff. You can't really see all of them, but um, anyway, it's yeah. kind of it'll be kind of blurry. Yeah. <laughs> but I have I have music notes going on my arm. Okay. And it's the um the bridge of Man in the Mirror. Oh, nice. Um, it wraps around my arm, and I mean honestly, being someone who loves knowledge and growth, and just over the time, like that's the one song that I probably don't listen to less than three or four times when I do hear it. And mm-hmm. there's a huge chance I probably sing my voice out to it just because you're in that zone and you feel it. But there's a lot of power and accountability and messages on top of like the sonics that come through with that and how it's put together. That just is such a you get in, I get entranced when I personally listen to that song. Yes, right. Because yeah. of like the power of what he's saying, like it just it's on you you know essentially like you looking at yourself you know that's a big thing i resonate with yourself has a lot of influence and impact on where you go in this world and how you change people's lives yeah it's funny that you should mention man in the mirror too that was like that was my dad's favorite michael jackson song and i lost my dad whenever uh, i was 16 Mm -hmm. um, to uh, lung cancer and uh you know there's several songs that stand out to me when I hear him now that that kind of like take me back to that you know those feelings of uh him being sick and then passing and then you know the kind of at the aftermath mm-hmm. um and uh that's definitely one of those songs for me like anytime I hear it it's like an instant memory of like all the great times that I had with my dad and um this powerful stuff it's powerful that's one of the songs that honestly um I get a lot of emotion mm-hmm. but I mean I think it's because throughout the years um there's been a lot of growth to me as an individual and whatever schooling and everything and Mm -hmm. just my perception on things and i think that song gets deeper (laughs) it's weird it gets deeper as i get older because i'm like myself Mm -hmm. is is doing it i have a song called um change me and um i only have it on my sound side of thing like clearances and stuff like that but in that song there's that idea like you know like if I gotta change if I want to change the world I gotta change me and that same kind of feeling like you know it all starts with me I'm not pointing fingers at what everyone else does I'm not blaming people for life and things going on around me Mm self-accountability right yeah yeah do you have a uh is there I'm kind of jumping all over the the notes no, you're, here, James. You're good, you're but, good. That's right. Um, the uh, <laughs> do you have any songs that uh, that you remember like from your childhood? That any of them that stand out to you as being like the first song that you remember really liking uh, in as a kid? Um, honestly, it'd probably be like the the oldies. And the reason why I was raised by um I was raised by grandparents on both sides. Okay. Um, but when I was younger, I was raised by my maternal grandmother, my mom's grandmother. I mean my mm-hmm. mom's mom. And that was her thing. 
Um, yeah. So just chilling in the living room, playing some old school, whether it's a Aretha Franklin, whether mm-hmm. it's going back to the Marvin Gaye's, like that whole era. And it, it's not even necessarily a specific song because it, it was all based on moods. Like, you know, you just, you just knew. It's kind of like when Christmas time and stuff comes, like right. when certain tones are set, the energy in the house is just at that time. And it was like always that feeling. And I can't even picture what song could have been first in that time, but it's like you, you, you're you processing it, but you don't know why. It could have just right. been the beauty of the instruments put in the songs, you know, but like that, those era, era was very untouchable. Even like oh, yeah. the Motown era and stuff. Like when you look back at it, like there was a lot of genius during that time like a lot of earbuds to where you don't even need to know the words you can just be sitting and just be so lost in greatness yeah oh yeah i i still do that all the time because i have like four or five songs i'm just you know i mean time mm-hmm. flies when i'm listening to them i'm like oh great i gotta go to bed i gotta go to work tomorrow you know it's it's so moving too that that you said that because um yeah music is timeless you know i think and there's nothing that can beat music um i agree so I found yeah. out that you worked for uh, interning at um, let's see, uh, interning at Warner Music War- Group. Warner Music Group uh, to mm-hmm. work okay. to to work in marketing campaigns with uh, brands like uh, BET, MTV, VH1, and other premium mm-hmm. pop outlets. Uh, could you tell us about the, those opportunities that you had? I mean, like, do you, I mean, like, do you still work for them, or you know? Um, I still do a lot of. I mean, I'm pretty tapped into the industry. So like, who knows what role at what time that takes, you know, because I work for myself. Um, the thing is, the moment I expanded to like go just beyond being an artist, it, it changed the things that came to me because a lot of people can't um, speak both languages. You're either an artist or you're you're a, a suit, you're in the business world. Like you don't know what the, the artists want. And so being able to fully speak both languages, it gave me a little bit of leverage because I'm like, yeah, you guys don't know what it's like in the studio at 4 a.m. You know what I mean? And, and, and then the artists don't know what it's like in the corporate world at 8 a.m. So, I mean, being at both all the time at that time, it allowed me to kind of work in that favor. And then it stepped up even more when I jumped into marketing because the marketing world knows neither. They don't know the music industry and they don't know the creative side of it. So going in there with that knowledge allows me to kind of still work on campaigns and and do things of that nature. Um, Yeah, I got some stuff to where I can't necessarily say that I'm in the process of working on to to like expose it. But but I definitely still are in in those circles. Mm -hmm. And I just have to, at this point, I want stuff to make sense. Like, there's so many things shifting in this new age. Um, Cause even after I left Warner music, that was right finishing up my bachelor's, which is a music business. And I already saw the shift prior to me going to the label that everything was leaving major label. So I didn't really, I, as much as I love music being around it in any capacity is the blessing. So I didn't have the, Hey, let me have the label dream. You know what right. I mean? Like, yes, I'm connected with people on the label, but I'm like, we're it's shifting away from it. It's shifting to the sound clouds, the Spotify, the iTunes. I saw yeah. that back in like 2013. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have the marketing degree to add to it. So if I felt like jumping out the music industry and coming back fine, if I wanted to add it to the marketing industry, the same option. So, um, to kind of paraphrase what you're asking at any given time I am 
involved with something or trying to be or at least having the relationships to where I can be um I think the one thing is you know kind of how Blake mentioned with me having like 20 years because I started as an artist when I was like 14 like serious at like 14 okay Mm -hmm. um and then it just kept growing and with that though you have we're in the tiktok era we're in the instagram era so you have a lot of younger hungry people who are coming and they'll do 80 hours of work for ten dollars because the the idea of the name that comes with it my price isn't that you know so like the relationships and stuff i have like as busy as i am it just has to make sense so sometimes i'll opt out of certain things if it just if it doesn't add up, even though it looks good on the outside, sometimes it's like, it's a trade-off, you know, you can get a cheaper price for less results because there's somebody who just wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like a, like a jack of all trades, you know, this, this (laughs) side of marketing and you know, the artist side. Well, is there an ever, an ever amount of like, was there a time when you can like, like this one help one grow better? Cause I mean, I, I don't know where to put it. Um, You're kind of saying, does do they... Um, does one hinder you from the other one? I mean, like, since you know much about both, I mean, does, does the artist side hinder you from the market side, or marketing, or like... Um, do you want... Do you it, want yeah, it kind yeah. of brings a sense of bipolarity, honestly. <laughs> um, there's a sense of being restricted. Um, I remember being in my teens and just having to start off with like a lot of family around me and just understanding like, yeah, I love doing this creative side, but I want to know more. Like we can make hundreds of songs, but if we're just sitting here aimlessly, not improving, not getting better, not doing what the standard is, then we're not doing anything, but just saying, Hey, we rap or we make music. Right. So I want to learn more. The thing is when you do learn things and you dive deep enough into contracts and you realize that it's not an artist's game. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have love for being an artist and just for the outlet of doing, being creative, you don't have an interest of being an artist. So that's where the conflict comes in. Cause yeah. like I said, I have albums on my hard drive. I record all the time. Um, I'm on the go right now. I'm not even yeah. in my town. I got microphone equipment and all this stuff. It's just, just how I'm doing between recording podcasts and whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm always songwriting. I'm always still influencing and trying to help artists, which like even on my Friday episode of my podcast is let's talk music with an IQ. Yes. That's a brand I created. Cause it's about giving knowledge to these artists. But the thing is, it's like, I have to create and be in that pocket of just doing it for me if I create with the idea of, Oh my gosh, this is going to be that song when I know numbers and I know stats and I know what it takes and I know the time and I know the money, I won't be motivated to do it because I'm like, look, you guys come to me to, to pay me to do it. Being in the artist seat, it's not the same motivation. Like I'm not going to jump to get this on Spotify and go crazy. Cause I have a thousand listeners. Like it's not going to be it. Right. So in that sense, that's where it kind of holds me back. And the marketing side and business side, it kind of gives me an edge because of course I know all the stats, but they, a lot of people attack those strictly by the books and by the numbers. No one puts a creative swing or edge on it because they don't understand the psychology. They don't understand what would speak to an artist. They only know what would speak based on the metrics they run, you know? So like it gives me an edge in, in the business side, but in the creative side, it holds me back. 
It's like yeah. having both sides of my brain moving full speed at all times. <laughs> full sure. speed, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- no, because the reason why I asked you that was uh, you'll see many artists now, more than ever, uh, going independently. Um, you have Slipknot, which just went to independent now. Uh, you have mm-hmm. Nine Point. And so many uh, companies give you like bogus contracts that they that they like hold you to your grasp, you know. So I thought that I thought that I think it's a great thing that you have both opportunities to fall back on if if in the artist side is not your your bag right right now, you can go back to you know. The the smartest thing about my approach is that it's kind of how like Fifty Cent's big known for it. Um, Diddy's a big one known for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes having the knowledge allows you to hire the right people for your team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of situations where I know how to do the job, but I don't want to do the job. Like, <laughs> I, I do, I do full media, so I know how to run all the video editing, the the engineering. Granted, engineering, I haven't fully dove in that seat for some years, but I know how to make songs. Like, you know, but graphic design, all that. But I'm only one person, so right. If I'm hiring and I'm vetting people. I also know how to call bull. If I'm in an engine, if I'm in a studio and an engineer is messing with my song and they're just dropping presets on it and not treating my vocals right, I can say something and then they'll sit up and get to work right. Why? Because the majority of the artists they have don't know. They're just like, oh, I don't go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? So having those skill sets allows me to hire people on my team to where I can walk away and I can send referrals to and whatever the case that I know a hundred percent they'll do their job. That's like what 50 Cent and like Diddy and them do. Like, right. yeah, they they have their artists, but they make sure everyone on their team is thorough. It's not just resume. It's yep. they know what it takes to be there. So let me put you in that place. Yep. It helps like that. that. That's the biggest thing that I can do. But if I'm trying to do it all myself, then it's like, yeah, there's so many, um, there's so many artists who have jumped into this. It's my own label stuff. And if you go and you're signed under under an artist, the majority of the time you don't become successful because that artist never made themselves successful. And no matter how big the artist is, they didn't make themselves successful. So when you look at like the Snoop Dogs and the Pharrells and stuff like they're great, phenomenal artists, but rarely do artists under them succeed because their money and their artistry alone can't put another artist in the position. They need the teams that knows what they're doing to do it. You know, it's not like you can go independent, but the money isn't, if you don't know what you're throwing the money at, you're just there. Throwing it, right. Yeah. yeah. You're just yeah. wasting money at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked briefly, James, um, before we got started today uh, about uh, the the industry and the label when it comes to take like changing the creative side of, of the artist um, and kind of, forcing certain things or maybe restricting them from certain things uh in particular the christian label the christian music labels um that have such a you know a strong like chokehold on some of these artists um and then what ends up happening is a lot of them that come out as this kind of like a two-part question um Mm -hmm. but like you know we've noticed that a lot of christian artists have after years and years and years of dealing with the christian label eventually just get to the point where they just once they're out of those contracts they just totally renounce their faith because they're 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 so tired of it um and all of the all all of that playing into it so um we you know we we were listening to some of your songs and uh a word with god was one that stuck out or Mm -hmm. stood out like to us like yeah it's a great song song. Um, but uh and 
you know, it, it's it's not mentioned a whole lot in in the music industry now, um, and uh, it's kind of become like taboo for a lot of a lot of people. But you know, what what do you consider yourself as an artist? Um, do you do you fall under that that label, or do you just you know are you a Christian who just makes music and just kind of leaves it at that? A little backstory on a word with God. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so as I grew as an artist, when I write music, mm-hmm. my music is timeless enough to when I release it, you don't know if it was written yesterday or ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, a word with God had a few years on it, but because there was there's supposed to be a word with a word with God too. Um, it okay. actually was initially titled Dear God. Okay. But the thing is, I have I have a few close friends in the industry, mm-hmm. and I saw like three or four people release songs with that name. That uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. If I if I released it with that name because of the circles I'm in, it would come across as if whatever, even though mine was written like three years prior. Right. Um. But the truth in that is, um, my relationship with God is closer than ever, but it doesn't have a label attached to it. Yeah. Um. And that came with just growing and understanding like some of the dynamics and things that have to do when you start to deal with um, religions. And Mm -hmm. then when you start to look at, let's just say Christian. So let's say Christian artists, for instance, Mm I am way more of a fan of an artist who happens to be Christian Mm -hmm. versus a Christian artist because there's different vulnerabilities in certain songs. Mm -hmm. And honestly too, knowing that I know what I know about businesses, I always kind of create a lot of shockwaves when I speak my mind on the fact that I don't mind speaking to the truth. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that it's a business game. It's a money grab. There's a lot of multi-million dollar schemes that you put a label on it and you can get away with different structures of, you know, changing. So without getting too deep into that aspect of it, it makes it difficult because being an artist you understand that if you don't come from money which the majority of independent artists don't come from money right that means any amount of money thrown at you when you're when you're being told that hey all we want is for you to be yourself and make music almost sounds reasonable like a lot of artists get criticized for their contracts but i'm like you never been at that pressure point. You never been doing and chasing what you love and dealing with the sacrifices and then someone say hey I'll throw however many thousands at you. You don't even pay attention to the percentage. All you hear is money. And if you don't understand the the business side of things, you don't, you're not thinking about that. You're just like, this is coming at me and this right. to get me started. I've never seen as much money in my life. And sometimes that might just be $10,000, mm-hmm. you right. know? So like when people don't separate the religion aspect in those teen situations from like a record label aspect, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what label, you're still getting messed over. It doesn't matter what you put on it. You're still getting screwed over. It just so happens it's so closely tied to your faith belief that it ruins that for you too, right? Because you start to get, why would God do this? Or why would, you know, why would you think that way? And so you pull away from it. Um, Have you ever seen the Bad Boy documentary by any chance? I have not. No. Okay. So there's a bad boy documentary that came out a couple of years ago. Okay. And one thing they mentioned in it was that every artist that left Diddy mm-hmm. went to God immediately after. 
So you had Ooh. Faith, you had Mace, you had um, Shine, you had um, Craig Mack. Yeah. And, and ironically, Biggie had, I mean, you had Biggie who passed away. Right. But yeah. ironically, there was a joke in there. And I don't know the recording. You know how documentaries are tricky, but I don't know the context of which it was said. But Diddy says something like, that just lets you know after me, there's nothing else better than better than me but God. And it's like, so you're even it's coupled to where it even sound like, hey, Biggie had to go to God too. Yeah. But the one thing I thought yeah. about it is like kind of on the borderline of what you said, if something was so bad in the faith-based music that you had to leave, yeah. yeah. That how bad is a situation with a label to where you have to seek God after? Mm-hmm. Like right. how bad and poisonous is it for you to step away from music and seek God immediately after, regardless of what your beliefs are? Right. Right. So, you know, it puts it in the context. You can get one extreme of either or because this music industry eats you alive and you just you just never know, depending on what side of the coin you're on. Yeah. So so now that you said that, why do you think that, that God's just the word God is like almost almost fades out in music? Because. I, I, you had the word God in your song, which is great. I love it. Uh, Tupac, mm-hmm. uh, Biggie, you, you mentioned some artists. And nowadays, it's like nobody ever mentions the word God before. And I, do you know why uh, that is? Or, like, I are per- they afraid of the word God? I mean, no, I think uh, they're afraid of what comes with it. Um, so now more than ever, you're pleasing people. That's what artists do, they have to please people. Right. Mm-hmm. But with so many different platforms, the voices are more they're not necessarily Mm -hmm. stronger but there's more Mm -hmm. whatever you believe no matter how extreme or how crazy you can find more people who believe and you can find a group or you can find something you can find a collective of those people that believe what you believe so it makes it difficult because in your head that makes you always right because you instead of you saying oh i might be wrong you said let me go find 40 other people that agree (laughs) because i'm right we're right yeah and so i think now with that you have so many different like religions you have so many different beliefs you have so many people going on youtubes or starting their own cultural and religious based gatherings you have so many people who have so many opinions on that word god alone it's not god it's it's a lie it's not a lie um agnostic um you know whatever like it's not a clear thing so when they say don't talk religion don't talk politics I think they've even thrown sports in there now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. Well, because you do have people who, depending where you're from, I mean, I'm a a Raiders fan, but I don't go around aggressively abusing people for the fact that I like the Raiders. I like my team. Yeah. You know, but you put such a level of, oh, crap. If I put this in there, there's a chance that people won't like the music or like the song. And I'm already vulnerable enough. So what's going to happen if people don't like it? Because I mentioned God, you know, there's a fear of doing that. And if you're known enough, wherever you go, they will kind of, they will rewrite your speeches. They will stop you from saying certain things, whether it's award show or whatever. No, we can't say that. And yeah. And there's also too the idea now with other communities being able to come forward and be more outspoken mm-hmm. there's also the thing that if you say god certain communities automatically assume that means you're anti them 
because yeah. the the concept the concept of God is anti whatever their beliefs are. So it just makes things I think confusing for a lot of artists who all they want to do is get discovered. And if it takes right. if it takes leaving a word out or leaving a phrase out to potentially knock out that they'll do it, you know. So yeah. I think the combination of all that plays a huge factor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've I've always appreciated that too. Like anytime that it like you just you discover this new artist and maybe you don't know a whole lot about them, but you uh you like a few of their songs and they're starting to kind of blow up and and they're um they're gaining their songs are gaining a lot of traction and things like mm-hmm. that. And then Chance the Rapper was one that stood out to me um whenever he was in the on the award show um and just very openly like talked about like his faith and you know like and there was such criticism um from the christian community uh in particular because they're like well he mentioned god but then he's got a song where he says this and then and then that and then, and it's just it's all this you know instead of being like wow this is this is cool like you know this yep. guy is very open about his beliefs and doesn't care and you know it's just like hey this is what it is um and in i think honestly i think the the christian community and i identify myself as a a christian as well mm-hmm. um we had a whole podcast about it actually uh <laughs> but mm. like it's uh you know i i think that christians really need to like count your blessings in a in a way that like there's these artists that are willing to like be in the public eye and come come to the forefront of that and be like yeah this is this is what i believe um and and instead of like stomping all over them and being like well you say that but you know i I just i I think it's i think the problem with that is that everyone wants to have an opinion oh yeah and the thing is even when you do it to their liking you didn't Mm -hmm. do it their way or you didn't do it their way that time and it's kind of like that's why I said you have so many different outlets for people to have an opinion now. And it, yeah. it, it's good in a sense, like it opens up the knowledge field to people, but we're also becoming lazier. Like no yeah. one wants to actually look and seek out information for themselves. They just take whatever's given to them. So, you know, it just makes yeah. a lot of confusion when everyone has an opinion. And that's a big thing. Like some people who just go do it, they get criticized on both sides of it. Right. right. Yeah. Kanye too. That was another one. Uh, the mm-hmm. the album a few years ago, uh, and it was just a straight up like gospel album. It was mm-hmm. it was incredible too. But I remember like just the backlash from from that, and I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, well, well Kanye went real radical with some of his beliefs too, and not necessarily did. his beliefs. He just knows how to be controversial to get it, yeah. you know. Right. Um, because Snoop did a gospel album too, you know. So yeah. it was kind of like it happens and i i just dislike there's not as much artistic freedom when you care about what people think um because honestly so the word with god that that was an intimate moment that was questioning a lot of things but a word with god too i just didn't do it because i didn't get the right production for it um right and i usually write to certain beats but it honestly it was one of the ones that I had to talk with myself to see if it was something that I would put out sure. because it's, it'll be controversial because it's, it's yeah. literally me having a conversation with God. So there's that back and forth and there's a lot of aggression and calling things out because it's a creative moment. I'm like, I felt moved to do it, but I understand if that ever hit the air, it's going to be some people to be like, how could you say this? And I'm like, 
I'm saying what everyone thinks, but is afraid to say. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a lot of respect there for that because uh, that's that's not easy for people to do. So, um, Thank but you. yeah, absolutely. So speaking of of some of your songs that like really like stand out to us, um, we've got you know Halloween season is like upon us. Like it, it's yes. it's so close. I love it. Uh, and uh let's talk about voodoo because that is such voodoo. a great song yes. like and like for this time of year too i was like uh-huh. oh we got to talk about voodoo <laughs> <laughs> well, <Yeah>. so, well, <laughs> voodoo came around so i created this group um i came with the idea of a, i'm a lyricist you know i, I love yeah, words right. i have a real fascination with words yeah um and i had a couple people that i handpicked and had in mind five other MCs and two mm-hmm. producers but so there's six MCs total and I thought of Paul Bears like six yeah. MCs that carry a casket yes yeah. and so um, that's to what me I, th- I was thinking of, go say it again uh, that's what I thought you that's what I thought you yeah because you had like six of them I'm like I bet yeah. you he has six of them to carry the, carry the, carry the Paul Bears yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly genius. so but the the, <laughs> the symbolism of that was because we did it we just started a song and everyone was like oh crap this is like amazing but um <laughs> It, is. It, it was the idea of hip hop carrying rap and burying rap because it was yeah. just like put lyricism out there, you know. But in that spree, in that thought process, voodoo probably got curated somewhere around that same thing. But to me, voodoo was just putting some spell work on the same industry I love. Like, all right, you know, if you lo- listen to voodoo, it has a nice enough bounce to it mm-hmm. to where even if you don't catch some of the punchlines, right. You can still enjoy it, but yeah. truthfully, I'm like, I'm going to show you guys. And then on the third verse, I kind of get to a point to where I'm curating the 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 pot mix to mm-hmm. get rid of what it what the standard stereotypical rapper is. You know what I mean? Like, okay, let's strip it down to what it was. Right. So for me, that's what Voodoo was. Voodoo was strictly like, I have roots from Louisiana. Voodoo's kind of okay. frowned upon. I always think <laughs> of the Voodoo doll. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, when you think about the magic world when you think about all the things that people love to worship magically Mm -hmm. just as long as it's not real yeah it was a curiosity and that when i would listen to that beat that's what i got that feel from because i'm like yeah "Yeah, people believe in witches and all that stuff until they think it's real like harry Mm -hmm. potter one of the best selling things out there you know what i mean like all the different the magic card game that used to exist years ago you know like people love the idea of wizardry and all this but like until there's a chance that it's actually real then it's a bad thing you know but right. so voodoo was my idea of stepping into my cauldron and stepping into my hmm. thing and putting some tricks together to nice. be have fun while making a song yeah since you said that i want to ask about paul barrels real fast okay so mm-hmm. since you said it, it's a it's it's burying rap now right mm-hmm. so in the in 1970 when it first started it's hip-hop right and so I don't. So do you think rap now, like with all the gangs rap, is gonna gonna? It's pretty much dead. Is I mean, is that why? Because because back in the day, you had Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster, you know, Grandmaster Fashion, the mm-hmm. Fury. They never talked about like like you know, I mean, like gangster stuff up until yeah. the nineties. Do you think that's well, like a? I mean, is that I, what? I, I I think that rap is about what you know. So rap is about what you've seen, what you've experienced, your environment. Um, rap still is a young genre, you know? Okay. So it's going through the same thing every other genre did. 
it's going through the phase where people are dying off there's drug overdoses and the rock yeah. stars are doing too much every genre has had that but the one thing about rap is that it's similar to if you notice kids now with like iPhones and stuff mm-hmm. their complaints now versus when we were kids are different Yes, yep. you know like so I think of rap that way like they don't have the same struggles that artists had in the 70s 80s and 90s right so right. they need something to create as their sense of struggle or they just need something to create what they think is cool which is its own element it was it's been different in decades just like the life has in decades um yeah. i think one thing when it comes to like gangster rap is that there's a lot of like so there's such a difference between major artists and independent artists Mm-hmm. But the major artists set the foundation of what rap was. Mm-hmm. The okay. problem is there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the music industry. Right. Yeah. So people who were doing gangster stuff in the 90s might have done at the beginning, then they got picked up by a major. They still push that issue, but they're protected by millions of dollars and security and tours and tour buses. Yeah. But when you're watching it as a person coming up emulating that, you think you have to do that to have that level of fame. So oh, when you okay. watch independent artists do that now because they think that they have to do that, they don't do their research. That's another reason why me being an artist, I I do research. I mean, I love music, yeah. so I was diving deep into it. I understand a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Most artists don't. So if you believe you have to do this in order to be this and do this, you don't last as long because you don't have the protection. Yeah, You're doing everything you can to to be that lifestyle that all these people who said they were doing it were far removed from you know so i don't think um i don't think any of that stuff is ever dying down i think it's just transforming and constantly transforming um the problem is now there's not as much protective measures out to help and the perception is just so out there you know what you get famous for now you pretty much are risking your life i mean we I sad to say I hear about somebody getting killed yeah. almost every week. Um, yeah. you know, P and P and B Rock just passed away yesterday. Yep. Mm. Yep. And um it's crazy, but that's literally what's constantly happening. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I try to yeah. stay away from news a lot of the time because um it's a, it's all bad stuff and I'm like, I don't want to hear this, you know. You know, 'cause I I I, I have depression and I'm like, I don't want this because it depresses me. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't want to ever feel <laughs> feel depressed, you know. So yeah, that's yeah, that's something that I think this world needs to you know come across as like help each other, you know, helping helping each other like easy, you know. Well, honestly, too, um, everything is a business. I learned this in the in the marketing industry. I knew it before because I've been dealing with a lot of stuff, and I know psychology. But everything has to market itself. Mm the news will never put anything good on it. It doesn't get views. So the, for sure, I don't watch the news. I might tune in just to be like, okay, like, you know, a quick glimpse of what's happening. Yeah, to be aware. But, yeah, to be, to be aware, you know, like yeah. that's it. But it's only because I'm flicking through channels, you know, but right. like watching it and sitting down and watching it, oh, it's for sure the scariest, most depressing, most right. thing yeah. because everything is happening, you know, crazy basically right yeah i can't stand it so mm-hmm. uh, we have two more questions for you and then we'll, for sure. we'll let you go uh no, no. okay so how, uh, just like said halloween's coming up what are you doing for halloween 
I mean, do you do you go, do you go out and like celebrate it and like I mean, like what do you do for it? Honestly, I think this year for Halloween I'm be out on the road traveling. Um, so I don't know <laughs> so what can, I'll be yeah. doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, usually try to do something Halloween. You know, try right. to have some stuff and enjoying some time, maybe getting some family time and something like. Even if I'm not overly festive, there's yeah. still the fall things going on. Oh, yeah. Like there's something to which you can do. I think even more so now, everyone's still coming out of the the whole COVID thing. You know what I'm saying? So right. Halloween's ramping back up. For the yeah. last couple of years, it's been kind of <laughs> you know. But yeah. so, but I think on that actual day, I might be traveling somewhere. So I don't know. Do you have Disney Plus? I do. You I should. Do. Okay, so um, I'm after you. Um, yeah, I I know you probably watched um Hocus Pocus, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hocus Pocus <laughs> two is coming out. Click I one. heard. Yeah, it, it, it's coming out on Halloween. Uh, I, 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 I think the I, beginning of um October, right? I think the end of this month is right, when they're yeah. supposed it, to. Uh, it, it drop will make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I look. I'm definitely gonna have to sit down and watch some. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it, bro. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Okay, so we do have more last question, and we like to answer to ask this on all of our all of our interviews. Sure. Is there a song or an album that you know right now that you can hear and listen to, but you can't tell me or him or your dad, your mom, how it makes you feel inside and so deep in you? So, I, am I not supposed to mention who, or just say yes or no, or? <laughs> Uh, yeah, is there, yeah. Is there any any song you that can, you can tell us? You can tell us who it is, what the song is. But I mean, I I know that you can yeah. explain it because it means so much to you. But we just want to know what what artist or song would that be? You yeah, know? like when you can't put into words like right. what what the song means to you, but it's just it holds a special place in your heart. Yeah, it's so deep in you. Um, not not that I can think of of that nature, okay. Okay. but but. An artist that I tend to really have moments and resonate with would probably be like a Joe Budden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of fall in that same line of the M&Ms, the Joe Buttons, the artists who kind of just put it all out there. Yeah. And you don't know until you dive in their catalog. And I think because that perspective is like, you know, they're vulnerable and they're saying both sides of it. Yeah, they might be blaming themselves, but it's like, to me, to, being an artist that's the most vulnerable most people can't get you know what i mean like yeah all the glitz and glamour sound good but there's those moments to where it's like yo like if you listen to what this person is saying it's some deep struggles and depressions and things like so he has an extensive enough catalog to where i could probably just put on and be like you know that's that's some yeah yeah Nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not gonna ask you to explain how you feel that because you, you, I mean, you, 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 you can't, you know. So, okay. So for our, all of our listeners, you can check out Nunilla at uh, at Facebook, not none underscore Illa, and Nunilla dot com to get all merchandise. Like, I, I guess you sell shirts and yes, anything. Yeah. You know what? I haven't even been pushing the merch that way like that right now. Um, cause it's just been getting the brand and being stuff out there. Um, and it's yeah. kind of jumping back into the artist seat to help guide artists. But yeah, I'm on all social mm-hmm. at none underscore Illa. Um, nice. pretty much can be found nice. anywhere or like you said, nunilla.com. That works too. Yeah. Also, be sure to check out none Illa's podcast, Mogul Minds. My, mind. Yes. 
your mind. And so that's awesome. That's amazing because I, I, I'm in love with it right now. So I'm going to give you five stars up and I'm going to review. You. Yeah. Cause, yeah <laughs> Thank cause, you, man. Yeah. I, I had a pleasure and I'm definitely going to yeah. be tuning in more to a lot of you guys stuff going. I've been on the road a lot. So I've definitely been trying to listen and lock in stuff, but it's, it was, look, this was real dope convo. The energy. Yeah. Amazing, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. We also Thanks want you. On. Yeah. We also want you to come back for our cover wars. So make sure you check okay. to check out one of those. Yeah. And oh, uh, I'm, yeah, so I'm here. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here, right? Well, we go ahead and start on. thinking. Get, yeah, get, yeah. get it, get a, get an idea of what you want to do. We'll have you back on. We love doing that. We love doing an interview, kind of like getting to know somebody uh-huh. and then having them back on for something like that. It's just, it's cool. It's just like, it's like you're just making friends in the industry and just you know chilling right. out, listening to music. It's fun, man. So all thank you guys need on. to do is is tell me, and all I can say is, hey, I'm not available at that time, or I am. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'll make so, I'll make a way to make it happen. So right now you're considered family. You know, hey, yeah. you guys are family. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, yeah, <laughs> man. So thank you very much, and everybody, kick out the uh, all of none of those stuff, and we would love to have you back sometime soon. Okay. Absolutely. All right, all right, I'm here. Thank you, right, man. Man. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good one. All right.